Uh, open up your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. I, uh, I'm so thankful for Jesus and, and the reality of the resurrection. I'm so thankful for each one of you. I, I'm grateful that uh, uh, don't have to worry about the church. And, you know, we've got people who are always praying. We've got people who are always giving of time, resources of themselves. Uh, the church is clean. Appreciate Brother Tom Johnson mowing the, uh, the, the, the lawn for us. I mean, we're, we're just a blessed group of people. Amen. But the reason why we're blessed is because of Jesus and because of Him being on the uh, forefront of all of your lives and my lives. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Let's just, uh, for sake of time, I want to read two verses. Uh, John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. When you're there, say amen. Just as Jesus talking to Martha after the death of uh, Lazarus. And he said, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. Aren't you glad that he is? I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth, no gender intended, mankind that believeth in me, that believeth in Jesus, though he or she were dead, yet shall he live. And verse 26, And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And he makes this question, addresses it to her and to us this morning. Believest thou this? What do we believe this morning? Amen. What do we believe? Hallelujah. Brother Donnie, would you pray? Yes. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Thank you for honoring the word. Hallelujah. So, on this resurrection day, uh, you know, April 4th, so we got the fourth month, the fourth day, you know, and, and Jesus, he died to save the world. Amen. Number four in Bible numerics means the world. Uh, but he died to give you and I a new beginning because you take four and four together and you get eight. And then number eight is the number of new beginnings, a new creature. Say, I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. Oh, hallelujah. That means old things are passed away. Amen. And all things are made new because of Jesus. Well, this morning, I want you to hold this in your heart. There's a lot of things I want to say, but I, I'm not here to teach this morning. The, the Lord wants me just to preach this message. And then you take it home and you, uh, you dive into it and break some things down. Because uh, we're not here to get into a... a a doctrinal debate or, or in theology, but we're going to touch some things this morning that, that you and I, uh, we need to hold fast to. Uh, I want you to hold fast to the reality that, that, and I want you to make this statement, first of all, decree with me, I am raised to praise, I am raised to praise. All, my days. all my days. Come on, that's the truth. Amen. Amen. I'll also make this statement with me. I am resurrection ready. Hallelujah. That's who you are. You, you're a group of people who are waiting on the literal resurrection at the sounding of the trumpet where we put off the old body and we put on that glorified body. But in the meantime, in spirit, you're already raised. You're everything you're going to be in spirit. And so you're ready to do some things. Now, Jesus made this statement in, the, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 44. He said, Be ye therefore ready. Because the Son of Man is coming in an hour, in a moment, that you don't know. In other words, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, by the unction of the Spirit of God in First Thessalonians chapter 5, went as far as to say that, that Jesus is coming would be like a thief in the night to those who weren't looking. But you and I, we hear the words, we're ready. Amen? And so we're resurrection ready. We're ready. But also, he made this statement Jesus did... Uh, about the, uh, through the John the Beloved in Revelation chapter 19 verse 7 talks about uh, the bride of Christ and the wife has made themselves ready. Come on, you say I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on, we're ready for the sounding of the trumpet, but we're ready for the work of the Lord. Amen. Come on, until uh, night uh, overtakes this earth and, and you and I come into the promises of God, we're going to be ready. To do what God would have us to do. Amen? Alright, so let's look at some things this morning I think that will help us so much. Now, 
Jesus said, he said, I am that resurrection. Uh, Anastasia in the Greek. And, and, and it means uh, uh, that not only are you uh, being resurrected uh, in your spirit, uh, but you're, you're being raised to a new level of truth, uh, a, a moral recovery of truth. And, and it, it means to enable you and empower you to stand up. And so in these last days, Jesus Christ needs His church to stand up against evil. We need to recognize that uh, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. So we've got to be like Noah. We've got to learn to stand up and to build the ark, to build the, the, the ark of the last days, the truth, and, and to be all that God wants us to be. And, and to be able to do that, we've got to let Him bring us uh, upon that rock and stand by His his word, His truth in every situation, but elevate us to truth like we've never had before. Amen. Uh, he said, I am that resurrection and I am that life. I'm that God kind of zoe, zoe, that God kind of life. Well, we'll never have the God kind of life until we allow Him to be the resurrection fully in our lives. In other words, He doesn't want to just uh, uh, to raise us up to feel good. He wants to raise us up to cause other people to be able to receive what we've freely received, Right? Freely we've received, freely we need to give out what God's gave us. All right, so Jesus makes that statement. He said, I am that resurrection. Now, uh, when, you, when, we, when we, we think about what He has done for us, we've got to see where He's brought us from. Because uh, if we'll always remember where He's brought us from, then we'll be able to help other people to come along with us. Amen? We'll, we'll be tender. We'll be gentle. Amen. Well, we'll allow the fruit of gentleness of the Spirit, uh, Galatians 5, come in and through our lives. So uh, let's remind ourselves of just, a, just a little bit. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2, and, and let's start at verse number 1. Uh, because, you know, till you get recovered to that place of truth in your life, you, you don't really understand what God's done for your life. Amen. And so if, if uh, you and I... When we don't understand something, we want people to teach us. We want them to bring us along. We want them to help us. And so we need to have that same childlike attitude, uh, and that's part of being resurrection ready. Now, you know these verses very well, but Ephesians 2.1, look at this. Ephesians 2.1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Come on, we were walking dead. We were alive in the flesh, but spiritually we were dead. We had no future. Our future was the grave, and after the grave was judgment without Jesus Christ. We had no hope. We had nothing. But because Jesus come along and He said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Because He come along and He presented that opportunity to whosoever will, you and I, we're ready. We're ready for the sounding of the trumpet, but we're ready for the work of the Lord today. Today, we're ready to do whatever thus saith the Lord by the unction, by the anointing of the Spirit of God, because we've been quickened. The word quickened means to be made alive. Come on, I am alive this morning. You are alive this morning, not just surviving, but we're thriving because we have the zoe, the God kind of life that is operating by the Spirit of God, revealing the Word of God into us. Amen? And notice what he said. He said, Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Aren't you glad that because you accepted the resurrection and you come into the God kind of life, that now you're under the authority of Jesus Christ? The prince no longer has power in your life. I'm not talking about the prince of peace. I'm talking about the prince of this fallen world, the prince that's been judged. And Jesus said that he come and he went all through Jesus, John chapter 12, and he couldn't find anything in him. Come on, there was no work. The devil had no avenue to work in Jesus. And now Jesus has caused you and I, the church, to be born again because he is that resurrection. And so there is no avenue for the devil to work in us when we let Jesus be our all in all. Amen? Come on, we're resurrection ready. We're raised to praise all of our days. That's our job. And our praise glorifies Jesus. And our praise causes other people to be drawn to this same resurrection. Amen? It's a, he's alive and well. He's wanting to do some works. Now, uh, notice what it says. Uh, 
drop down uh, to, to verse number four. It says, but God who is rich in mercy. Come on, aren't you glad that, that your Father in heaven is super rich in mercy? He's abundant in mercy. In other words, there's nothing that you and I... Uh, will have a need of in the sense of mercy from God that God hasn't have it in His resource. It's in not only in His account, but it's in your account. Right. On account of Jesus, we have an account in heaven that cannot be overdrawn that is full of mercy. So we're resurrection ready. We can walk in the mercy of God, have this uh, resurrection being active, have this Zoe kind of life because of God's mercy. God's mercy says that I don't have to get what I deserve. You don't have to get what you deserve. Jesus took it for us. Amen? And so we need to be in the place where we give people the same mercy. Come on, the same mercy. There's people out there that are hurting this morning. There's people out there who have been uh, kind of pushed aside and forgotten. Uh, things have happened inside the church building or inside, quote-unquote, religious situations that's caused them to uh, pull away from what Jesus would have for them. And it's time the church love them back in. Amen? It's time the church show them that God is a God of mercy. And we're resurrection ready. We're ready to do what God would have us to do for His power, for His glory, for the saving of the lost. Amen? For the bringing back the, those who have been hurt, those who have backslidden. We've all been in those situations before. Amen? All right. And notice what he said. He said, but God who is rich in mercy for with his great love wherewith he loved us. Now verse number five. Even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. So we've got to see that, that Jesus Christ, that he meant the devil in this same flesh body that you and I are walking in right now. He was in all points tempted. Hebrews uh, tells us that. Yet he was without sin. Amen? And so, since that resurrection and our confidence in what Jesus has accomplished, you and I have to see that that same ability, that same power, is now operating in our life. That gives us the ability to walk over temptation, to walk through the trial, to walk through the things that would try to hurt and discourage, that would try to change our attitude. Come on, the devil wants to change your attitude because if he can... I don't know about you. I can't talk about you, but I can talk about me. When he changes my attitude, he changes my action. And I, I want my action to reflect my Savior. And if I'm going to reflect my Savior with my action, I've got to have the attitude of the cross. Amen. I've got to have the attitude only given by the mercy of the living God, that life of Jesus. Amen. It's in you and I. Amen. All right. So I want you to see that, that Jesus Christ, he was dead for you. He died on that cross for you, for me. And because he was willing to do that, now you and I, accepting his resurrection power, because death couldn't hold him, we have, we're not waiting for, we're not looking to, to pray down, we're receiving by faith the Zoe kind of life. It's in us. It's in us right now. And so we're resurrection ready. We're, we're, we're walking by the power of the resurrection. We're walking by, by faith in this grace, in this mercy that is more than enough. Amen? We've got to see that. We've got to believe that. All right. So let's understand some things this morning. Let me just lay just a, uh, a, a little foundation here. Let's, uh, let's, let's go to John chapter 20. And let, let's see when Jesus was in the tomb. Now, I, I know that this is more for uh, teaching for Sunday school. But I want to I bring out just a few th points here that, so we can get into the the part of this that will propel us forward. Now, in John chapter 20, verse number 1, you know this, uh, this story very well. It's so powerful. But it says, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Now, uh, once again, I don't want to get into a, a doctrinal debate. I don't want to get into theology. Uh, theological uh, study here, but I, I want you to think just outside the box just a little bit. I want you to see uh, Mary Magdalene, her devotion to Jesus because what Jesus has done in her life. You and I, were devoted to Jesus because what He's done 
in our life for us. Amen. We're devoted to him because he first was devoted to us. But she comes because she's not satisfied. She wants more of Jesus. And see, that's what you and I have got to do. We've got to present a, a Jesus to the world, to the lost, to the backslidden that will make them get up in the middle of the night and come to something that the world says dead. Come on, the world says there's no such thing as a resurrection. The world says you better live now while you've got a chance because when you take your next breath and it's your last, it's over. But you and I, we know the truth because we met the one who is alive forevermore. He's living in our heart. He is our life. He is our source, amen? And so we want to present this truth in a reality that gets people up. In the name of Jesus Christ, I believe in God is bringing anointing to the church that's going to raise up the lost, raise up those who are looking the wrong way, who are looking absolutely no way and he's going to bring them back to this cross. He's going to bring them back to the tomb and he's going to show them that that tomb is empty. Amen? He's going to show them. Now, what was the rock here? Can, can we just, once again, I, you know, we're just talking, okay? But I want you to see this rock that was rolled and tried to hide Jesus. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 28, Satan uh, is likened to the king of Tyre, the prince of Tyre, the king of Tyre. And so everything in the natural, the king of Tyre was a physical representation of the prince of Tyre. And the prince of Tyre is the devil, okay, is Satan. Well, what does Tyrus mean? Tyrus means false rock. So here, I want you to see that this tomb, uh, Satan himself tried to cover up the opening to life. Okay, but Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but through that door. Jesus said, I am the door. Amen. And so I'm telling you, whatever the devil's trying to cover up, this is the time. This is the, the, the moment of resurrection. This is the time of the anointing that God is going to reveal where the devil is covering things up, trying to hide the resurrection, trying to hide that Jesus is not dead, that he's alive and well. Amen. And I want you to walk in this reality because people are going to look at you and they're going to see a newfound anointing. They're going to see a light from heaven. And that light is coming out of your spirit by the Holy Ghost and the reality of Matthew chapter Chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, that you are, because God said you was through Jesus, the light of the world. You are. That light is getting ready. The resurrection light. That light of that Sunday morning resurrection, quote unquote, is ready to appear. And so I want you to see that whatever the devil's hid in the past, it can't stay hidden any longer. No longer. Amen. So she comes to the tomb and she, and she sees that it's been tucked away. Verse number 2. Then she runneth and she cometh to Simon Peter. And to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. And so, you, you know the story here. They, uh, Peter and, and, and John run to the tomb. John outruns Peter to the tomb, but John being uh, more timid, he, just, uh, he stays on the outside. Peter runs right in. And after he run in, then John run in. And, of course, this is all type and shadow of what Jesus had promised in Matthew 16 about what Peter would do on the day of Pentecost. And that's another study for another time. But when Peter uh, went in, then John went in. And when he stooped down and he looked in and he saw the grave clothes and he saw the very uh, covering of the head and the face and all of those things, it said that he believed. Come on, you and I, we've got to get people to this place where the stones rolled away, where the, 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 the lies of the devil is rolled away, where people can see that Jesus is not dead. He's alive, amen? But to do that, I've got to make the decree. I've got to come in agreement with the Lord that I am resurrection ready. I'm ready to operate in the resurrection. I'm ready to preach the resurrection. I'm ready to teach the resurrection. I'm ready to testify the resurrection. In other words, you and I, our life is not our own, but it's Jesus's and we're ready to live by what he is done in us and through us on this day that we're celebrating today. Amen? All right. So you, you know the story very well. Uh, uh, after seeing this, though, the disciples, they go back and they go back to their own home. They go back to their own room. And that's not good enough. Just because we see something, we're not to go back and, and hold it in our own lives, our own heart. You and I are to be like Mary. What did Mary do? She stood around there. She's waiting. See, when you and I wait on the Lord, 
He said, he shall renew our strength. She is at her weakest moment right now because she's in a place where uh, she had trusted in the Lord and she believed in the Lord, all of these things. And she was holding on to that reality and that confidence. But uh, she knew that she had to have something more to sustain her. So she waits and she looks in. And when she looks in, she sees two angels. Come on. One at the head of Jesus, one at the foot of Jesus, where he would have been if he was still there. Aren't you glad he's not still there? Amen. Uh, and, and, and so th- those two angels, and they, they, they are the prelude to the when she turns around and she sees Jesus. Come on. There's more to Jesus this morning than you and I have ever saw before. He's wanting to reveal himself to us in a way, in a depth that we've never experienced. Because why? Because the Bible says when sin abounds, how many know sin is abounding? Come on, there's darkness out in the world. But God said, I'm going to give a grace, a grace that will abound more. Well, the grace of God is Jesus Christ. We need a deeper revelation of Jesus this morning. We need to hear what he's saying. We need to be in the place and the position to know that he is going to do some things, whatever is needed. Amen? All right, so drop down to... uh, We don't have time to cover this. But anyway, drop down to where Jesus comes to them. He, he, uh, he says in verse uh, 21, Then said Jesus to them again, uh, He doesn't say it once, peace. But He said, Peace be unto you, as, as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. Now notice this, verse 22. And when He, Jesus, had said this, He breathed on them, and saith unto them, Receive you the Holy Ghost. So, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, he, he comes to them and he, He's always going to be coming to you and I. He's always going to be coming to the church to take us to that next level. So I want you to see God's going to have what He wants. Now, what did God have? Uh, Brother Ryan, put Genesis 2-7, Genesis 2-7 on the screen. I want you to imagine this in your heart. And the Lord formed... Man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a a living soul. All right, so this was God's desire. And so I want you to imagine Adam and Eve walking in the cool of the day with with the Lord. Uh, it, it was his uh, the, the Father's heart's desire. And there they are in the Garden of Eden, and, and their only uh, job is just to tend what God's gave them. That's it. Uh, and and a- Adam is, is supposed to be the protector. He's supposed to be the one that guards. And, and so he should have kept the, 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 the serpent away. But he didn't do that. So we know the whole story of all of that. We know what happened. Uh, and so I want you to imagine. The moment that they sinned, uh, they died spiritually. And they were separated from God, right? Because the Bible said sin separates us from God. And if you're separated from God, you are death because you're not, sep- you're not hooked into life. All right, so I want you to picture the patience and the love of your father this morning. Now, he had had that in the garden, and now it's lost. So in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the first prophecy, uh, the Messianic prophecy of Jesus Christ, God the Father speaks it forth. Here's his patience. You've got to go 4,000 years until the moment we just read. So he's waiting. He's waited 4,000 years for somebody to be born again. Come on, to have this relationship that he had in the garden. So Jesus uh, took all the sin. He took everything. took it to the cross. And the, the cross couldn't hold him. Death couldn't hold him. And he comes up out of that tomb. And he brings uh, this resurrection power to the disciples. And he breathes on them just like God did in Genesis 2-7. Now, they're born again. They have the Spirit of the living God. And so, 4,000 years, now God has got, in part, He's still waiting for the fullness and the fruition of everything that He's promised, but He had in part of what He was looking for. So, this morning, you and I can be patient with other people. They may not act and react as soon as we would like. Come on. But you pray the prayer of faith and then you lay that prayer on the altar and leave it alone. Leave it on the altar and you just stay in the place that you're raised to praise. You don't have to pray it anymore. 
You don't have to think about it anymore. You just praise God that you have prayed the prayer of faith. Come on. You're resurrection ready. And now, because you prayed that prayer, you're in the place and the position where God then, if He would need you to do something, He can move you to do something. But otherwise, your job is just to be thankful. I'm thankful that I prayed in the name of Jesus. God's heard my prayer. It's in motion. Angels are working. But I understand because I have free will. The one I've prayed for has free will. God's going to give them time and opportunity to respond just like he did me. Come on. And so we're just leaving on the altar. Come on. We're resurrection ready. We're ready to do whatever God would have us to do, when he would have us to do it. And it's going to work. Amen. It's going to work. All right. So 4,000 years and, and, and now all of a sudden there's a relationship there. And, and I know that we get into a lot of the doctrinal debates there. Uh, but I, I, let's, let's not get into that. Let's just get into the reality that Jesus is alive this morning and he's wanting to do something for us. And let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And let's start reading in uh, verse 20. 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty. But now, come on, you know it because you can testify about it because he's on on your life, in your life. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept, that died. Now, once again, there's so many people want to say that Jesus didn't die. Well, if Jesus didn't die, then I have no hope. Amen? And so I don't want to offend anybody, but Jesus died. And he, he may not died for you, but he died for me this morning. And that's the only way that I can be forgiven. That's the only way I can have eternal life. And I'm not waiting on eternal life. I have it right now. Because the Bible tells me I do. Amen? And that's for whosoever will believe. Verse 21. For since by man came death, by man also come the resurrection from the dead. Come on, we're resurrection ready because Jesus has done defeated death. Amen? So, Adam, he, the first Adam, he brung in death. But the last, come on, the last Adam, the, he become a quickening spirit. You and I, we are alive unto God this morning because of what Jesus has done. Verse 22, For as in Adam all die, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all all be made alive. Now, I want you to testify to me this morning. How many is in Christ? Amen. Come on now. If you're in Christ, you're alive. Amen. And because what did Jesus say in Matthew, uh, in John eleven twenty five 25 and 26? If you believe that he's the resurrection and the life, then you have life and you have it for how long? Forevermore. Amen. That's what he said. So you're alive in Jesus. And that means when the death angel, when the death working of the enemy tries to roll the stone on the provision of what that empty tomb provided, you can say, uh-uh, uh-uh, you're not closing that. You're not closing anything off to me. Come on, this Bible is true. This Word is true. The Holy Ghost teaches me what I need to know when I need to know it. And devil, you're not closing anything off. I can do what this Bible says I can do. I can have what this Bible says I can have. It is real. It's genuine. I'm setting my mind on the Lord. I'm trusting in the Lord with all my heart. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. Come on, in all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge Him. He will direct my paths. Amen? He's going to lead me by the paths of righteousness. He's going to cause me to lie down in the green pastures. I will be fed in due season by the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm going to feed others. Amen. I'm resurrection ready. You're resurrection ready this morning. We have to believe that. We have to see it. We have to hold on to that. Alright, now notice this. Uh, verse 23. But every man in his own order Christ the first fruits and, and afterward they are the, that are Christ at his coming. So, uh, everything's going to be done in order. There, you know, uh, if, if I die before the sounding of the trumpet, uh, I'm going to have my order in that. But if I'm alive until the coming of the Lord, if you're alive until the coming of the Lord, we shall be changed, amen, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. In other words, quicker than your eye can blink. That's fast, isn't it? So we have nothing to worry about. We're resurrection ready, looking for the literal resurrection, but we're working in the resurrection right now. Amen? And so I, I, I'm in my place. Come on, say I'm in my place. 
So uh, until the sounding of the trumpet or until I take my last breath, I'm going to be busy about my Father's business. Come on. I'm going to see things change. You are a life changer. You are a hope giver. Amen? That's who the church of the living God is. We've got something to do. Everything about our life is meaningful. Everything about our moment by moment is can be led and directed by the Holy Ghost and can have not just a moment impact, it can have an eternal impact. Amen? I believe that, don't you? We've got to hold on to that reality. All right. So, let's see some things here. Now, we, we, uh, in, the, in the book of Colossians, Let's build our faith just a little bit. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. And uh, look at uh, verse 18. Colossians 1, 18. And he, talking about Jesus Christ, is the head of the body. And then he lets us know the body is the church. Come on. So the, so Christ's body, he's, he's the head. But Christ's body, say that's me. That's the church. That's us. So, Christ is the head. Now, now I, I, I hate to be redundant, and I'm not talking down to you, but sometimes we've got to just remind ourselves of some truth. Now, if you tell yourself to open up your Bible with your head, but your hand is not there, can you open up your Bible? Christ is the head, we're the body. He can't do anything in this earth like He chooses to do, like He's planned to do, unless we say, yes, Lord, I know who I am. I know where I'm supposed to be. I know your voice. Another I don't listen to. You call me by name. I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. Come on now, you can do it. You can do it. You can do all things because of the strength of Christ, right? He's your source. You, you're in that place, in that position. So He's the head. And, uh, and He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning when you're the beginning. Notice this. The firstborn from the dead. That in all things he might have preeminence. And all, that in all things he might be first. First in rank, in order, in importance, in position, in power. Now think about this just for a second. I've got to see who Christ is. I've got to see what Christ has made me to be so I can be resurrection ready. Amen? So, this morning I've got to say, yes, Lord, you're the head. And, and whatever you say, that's what goes. Because you'll never tell me to do something that you will not give me the power to do it. Amen. You will not give me the, the, the provision to make it possible. That's your Savior. Amen? That's the one that's on the throne of your heart. That's the one that's on the right hand of power, the right hand of the Father. Now, notice what he said there. He said, who is the... Uh, the firstborn from the dead. So for those who say that Jesus didn't die, the Bible's very clear. Amen? And, and, and He's the firstborn. So now think about this just for a second. See, there's some things you can tell me about that I haven't experienced that will bless me, that will help me, that will give me instruction and make me wise it will give me knowledge to be able to be successful, right? And if I've not experienced that and you have, then you can be a blessing to me. Jesus has done meant death. So he knows every trick. He knows every lie. He knows every twist, every turn. And death couldn't hold him. The firstborn. So when Satan, Hebrews chapter 2, tells you and I that Satan is death, uh, starting about verse 14 to the end of the chapter. Satan is death. So uh, Jesus can tell you how to defeat him in every turn. Every turn. You can't help but be successful. Now here's what we're going to start praying, okay? And it's, and it's a prayer of decree. We get up every morning and we say, Lord, I thank you that uh, whatever I put my hand to is blessed. I thank you that wherever I step, I'm taking it for the kingdom of God. It is yours 
through me. I am your servant. Lord, I thank you that wherever I go, there will be revival. What does revival mean? It means resurrection. It means a coming to life. It means passing from death to life. Everywhere you go, you need to have an expectancy. I need to have an expectancy of revival. I'm looking to see the person, uh, the cashier gets saved in the middle of some store in a moment's time and change their whole life and be a witness to the whole store. You say, oh, that can't happen. No, it's getting ready to happen because people are now just getting miserable enough, tired of the world enough, bound up in the world enough that they know they need a resurrection, that they need a Savior. Amen? They're just now getting to the point where darkness is fearful. It's no longer fun. Do you remember? I remember when darkness was fun. It's not fun anymore. It's fearful because we moved to that place where darkness is going into the death, the very pit of hell, and Jesus Christ is the only answer. Amen? We've got the answer. All right. Revelation chapter 1. <clears throat> Look at verse number 5. Revelation 1 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. Aren't you glad that he cannot lie? Amen. Come on, Titus 1 2. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. It's impossible. For God to lie. So, Jesus Christ, He's that faithful witness. He witnesses everything that, uh, that God has for us. Remember Jesus said, I, He looked up into heaven. Whatever He saw the Father doing when He was working in His earthly ministry, that's what He did. He heard what the Father was saying. Whatever the Father said, that's what He said. He's the faithful witness. So, that's why you and I can do the works of Jesus and we can understand that we're uh, doing the prayer uh, of Matthew chapter 6. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done here on earth. Amen. God wants us to see that. He wants us to believe that. Okay. Um, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead... Uh, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Because of his own blood that he shed on that cross, and because he's the first begotten from the dead, you and I, we have been bought back from hell, death, and the grave. We've got to believe that. Death does not have its hold on you and I any longer because Jesus said, I am the resurrection, but I am the life. Come on, he doesn't halfway do anything. He does it full measure, full term to bring the complete will of God into your life, my life, into this earth. So he is that resurrection. He's washed us. So don't let the old sins try to identify you. Come on, the devil will keep bringing them to you. He'll even set you up, set me up in a place, in a position where we feel like we're dirty. Come on, say I'm white. Because God said you was. When you believe in the heart and confess with the mouth, when you're walking in the light as He's in the light, 1 John 1, 7, He cleanses you from all unright. You're in a walk that, that is continually flowing the blood of Jesus from that very uh, throne of grace. Amen. It, it, it's, it's evident and it's powerful in your life. You've got to believe that. But you've got to see because Jesus meant death. And Now, let's understand what that means. When he meant death, I want you to think, and we'll just get it to where you can understand it because we all have different opinions. I want you to think about the worst sin that you, that, 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 that you hate the most because every one of us is going to have different, different labels and there's nothing wrong with that. But I want you to take that one that you hate the most, the one that you maybe even uh, understand. I, I, I've got my own. Come on. Uh, but Jesus Christ... By His blood has eliminated that. I don't identify with that. So devil, you are a liar. I identify with what God has done for me through the resurrection of His Son, my dear Lamb, that is now my Lord. He's the one that has the final say, devil, not you. Come on now. And we've got to tell... See, people, they won't come because they say, I'm not worthy. Thank God, then you qualify. 
That's how I got to where I qualified. When I finally told Jesus, I recognized and realized I'm not worthy of anything you've done for me. And then I was ready to be what? To be saved, to be born again, to be delivered. Amen? And so to be resurrection ready, we've got to bring people in right where they're at and let them know that God's going to meet them and there's a washing by the blood of Jesus that will take care of all of those things. Amen? Now notice what happens when you get washed. Lord, help me. Um... In Ephesians 4.30, Ephesians 4.30, it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Now, don't concentrate on that part of the verse because you're not going to do that. But look at the last part. Whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. See, when you get washed in the blood of Jesus, when you uh, receive this resurrected Savior, the Holy Ghost stamps you. The Holy Ghost seals you. The, 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 The name that God has destined you to be uh, is imprinted on your very spirit. Come on now. The world is going to have the mark of the beast in their forehead and in their right hand. You've got the spirit of the living God that is sealed in your life. And yes, that will produce work. You're saved by faith. Come on, you're, the grace of God, your faith in that. But it will produce works. Uh, the Antichrist is going to have a lot of workers too. But the church of the living God, we're going to have resurrection workers. We're going to have workers that are going to bring people from darkness, from sin, into light and into forgiveness. Amen? I believe that, don't you? It is a fact. All right. So, Jesus is the, he's the, uh, the firstborn from the dead. And because he has defeated death, I too can have this resurrection power working in my life. I too am in the place and the position. You too are in the place and the position where life is more real than ever. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's look at, I think it's verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Look at verse 14. Now, he goes into uh, great teaching here that you need to study in your home study time before and after uh, about where he's brung us from. But in verse 14, it says, And God hath both raised up the Lord. So, God the Father raised up Jesus, the first begotten of the dead, raised up the Lord, and will also raise us up by his own power. Now, once again, we've got to separate the time frame here. He raised up Jesus. We're, we are raised up, but we're going to be literally raised up. We're going to get this glorified body. But I, I want you to see that the power that raised up Jesus is working in you. It's working in you. There's nothing you can't do that God puts on your heart. Now, I can get over here on my own get out of the will of the Lord and, and get and cause a lot of problems. But when the Spirit of God leads you to do something, when He leads me to do something, you're going to be able to do it. Amen? Yeah. Alright, so the power that raised up Jesus. And let's think about that just for a minute. See, for 4,000 years, the devil thought he had won. He was operating and, 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 and taking people to this, to this place. Once again, not to get into a debate, a, a debate but Brother Ryan, put First um, Peter three nineteen. I, I want you to see the power of Jesus through the the raising up of God and what He done. Look here, and and, and you need to be familiar with this, and you throw your commentaries away and let the Holy Ghost teach you, and and and, and get out of man's ideal and get into the Word of God. But Jesus, by which also He went and He preached unto the spirits in prison. See, there's a holding place. You got Luke 16 tells us there's the bosom of Abraham. I'm talking about in, under the old covenant. And, and, and there's, there's a place in the Hebrew, it's Sheol. In the Greek, it's Hades. And so uh, the power of God come into Jesus. See, once again, this offends people, but Jesus went to hell, okay? For me. And, and a lot of people don't like to talk about that. And they like to, to, to but, but he, he had to. And he went there for us. 
And he preached the message. Now, he shook hell so bad. Come on, if we kept reading in Revelation chapter 1, he's got the keys of hell, death, and the grave. That's your Lord. That's your Master. That's your Savior. That's your resurrection and your life. And so, if he can go and he can preach in that situation and shake hell, how much more can you and I, as the full body of Christ, come on, We've got to stop being timid. We've got to stop being laid back. We've got to get serious. Because the Bible says in John chapter 3 that Jesus was anointed with the full measure of the Holy Ghost. When the body comes together and He's the head and we're the body, that full anointing can be there. But I need you, you need me, because this is the way God set it up. We've got to work together. We've got to obey the Lord by His Spirit and walk in that. And we're going to see those who are literally in prison today. The prison of sin brought out. Brought out. This is what's going to happen. There's going to be groups of, of believers who are going to come together in this last days. Is going to trust the Lord so much that He's going to pour out their, His anointing on their lives. And those gifts and the calling that are in your life, in my life, that are without repentance, they're going to be manifested for the glory of God. And that harvest that is white is going to be called in. They're going to be saved. They're going to meet this resurrection, this life that you and I are empowered to do, be, to represent today. Amen. I'll close with this thought. See, we, we, we've got we've to get, get past the past and we, we've got to live in this moment of life and we can't let the heartache and the hurt of, uh, of what death has done, how death has worked, we can't limit, let that limit us or hinder us what God wants to do in us and through us. You know, uh, Jesus said, let the dead bury the... There's some things we just need to let go of and we need to move on, amen? Yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll use this real-life illustration. There's a, there was a man named Paul Lawrence uh, Dubar. And he was 33 years old when he passed away. He, w- he was a poet. And uh, when, when he died, his um, mother was just distraught. And so she just closed his room up as a shrine. And nobody ever went into that room again while she was alive. Well, after she passed, there was some, uh, some of the family come in. And uh, they decided they were going to, since he was this famous poet, they was going to turn this, in, this house into a museum. And as they went into his room, and they went to where he uh, had fell dead in, that, in his chair there, there was a notepad. And on that notepad was the last poem he ever wrote. But there's only one problem. See, that notepad sit there in the sun all of those years. And the sun lifted that ink off of that paper, and so they, they couldn't really tell what was written. So the, the, the last thing he'd done lost its significance. So you and I, we, we death... The, the devil wants to bring back uh, the, the things that we've missed out on or that we think we missed out on or things that we haven't accomplished or all of those things and think that, that uh, it, it, if we'll just hold on to those things that we can keep them real and genuine. But what we're really doing, we're really losing out on what God wants us to do. Yeah. We're really losing out on the, the, the message of what the resurrection is. Don't don't let the enemy take you back. Don't don't let him keep you in the place of despair. What if? Or if I'd have done this? Or if I'd have done that? Don't live in the past. Live in the moment and recognize that the greatest thing that you ever done is going to go with you to heaven. It cannot be erased by this world because the greatest thing you've done is believed in the heart and confessed with the mouth. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And so you've got some things to do that nobody else can do but you. God's destined you. He's ordered you in this moment of time with an ordination, with an anointing 
to accomplish the will of God. So don't let anything limit you. Don't let anything hinder you. Move forward. Let go of the past. Hold on to what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am. Look at the seven sayings of I am in the Gospel of John. Present tense. God is a present tense God in your life. And He can take those things that look like they're dead, that they're going to... uh, be lost forever, and He can make them His if you'll give them to Him, if I'll give them to Him. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love You, we honor You, we magnify Your name. On this Passover day, this Resurrection Sunday, we ask that You just put in our heart the reality that You have defeated hell, death, and the grave, that You have the keys. You said all power, all authority was given unto You in heaven and in earth. Help us to be in that place, in that position where we receive the fullness of what that means. Let us be used by you to come together in the fullness of the anointing as the body of Christ. Let us be used by you to roll away every stone that would try to uh, hide the reality of the rock of Jesus Christ, the reality of, of the risen Savior, that resurrection. Lord, touch every one of us this morning as we yield to you, as we trust in you. Let us move past those things that were temporal and those things that would be a limitation and a hindrance and let us come into the the power of what you have destined us to walk in, to live in, that you've destined us to bring to others. Lord, let that anointing that abides in us, let us let it out freely. Or as we let out freely that more can come upon us to be able to reach those who are lost and undone, those who are bound and hurting. Let us walk out this resurrection every day. Let us be able to talk about it in a way that is so clear and concise that all people in all situations can respond. Oh, we thank you for it. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Would you come this morning and make yourself an altar or make yourself an altar at your pew, whatever you choose to do, but would you let the resurrection be more real to you than than ever this morning? Would you let the Spirit of God show you how ready you are for this moment? That you were born for this moment. you're, you're, You're ready to reach the lost like never before. You're ready to be a blessing. Uh, to all of those around you like never before. Because God's pouring out an anointing. He's bringing revelation. He's bringing out and He's doing a new thing in the earth. But He's only doing it to those who are waiting and being renewed. Would you make yourself an altar? Let Him renew you. Let newfound strength, newfound understanding, a newfound desire come into your life this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.